reflection.
Thank you, ladies. Praise the Lord for that message and song. There are going to be some beautiful sights to behold when we get to heaven, but Jesus will outshine them all. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. I want you to take your Bibles today. And uh, if, you're, if you're new to our congregation, we're a helping congregation. So we'll help you find the book of the Bible where the preacher is today. I'm going to be toward the, the end of the Bible, toward the back of the Bible, in what is uh, the book of James. So find that, the book of James. Now, it's not the very last book of the Bible, but it's toward the back. It's like Bob Harrington said when he first got saved, he didn't know anything about the Bible. He said he got called to preach right away and he preached, Brother Eddie preached the first message. He said, I preached the first message from the book of Concordance. But, um, and not everybody gets that, but some of you get that. All right. Uh, so you may not be able to find your way around the Bible, but you'll get there eventually. I'll talk long enough, you'll find your way there. Looking for the book of James. Now let's talk about the book of James for just a moment. Uh, the book of James was written by a person named James who happens to be the half-brother of Jesus Christ. Jesus had half-brothers and half-sisters that were born to Mary and Joseph after He was born. See, Jesus Christ didn't have an earthly father. He had a surrogate stand-in dad, Joseph, but His father is God the Father. He was conceived of the Holy Ghost. He is, he is virgin-born. The reason He had to be virgin-born without a human daddy was so that He would not have a sin nature. So as the sinless Lamb of God, the sinless Savior. Now, you're not going to hear that in just every church, but I'm glad we say it here, and I'll say it again. Jesus is the virgin-born Son of God. He is sinless. He is the Lamb of God. This past week, we had a wonderful opportunity to win uh, two beautiful people, uh, wonderful people. She's, she's really not doing well, and uh, He has taken good care of her, but she was from a Jewish background. And she finally said, sure, the preacher can come. Now, how do I, how do I refer to, how do I talk to him? And, and so on. She was concerned about uh, my not being Jewish. But we went in there and we reassured her that our Savior uh, came through Jewish lineage. And, and when she prayed to receive Jesus Christ, and he prayed to receive Jesus Christ this week, praise the Lord, she wanted to pray in Hebrew. And so I said, well, I, I know that Jesus' name in Hebrew is, is Yeshua, Yeshua, Yeshua. And so we did all right with that. And after that, it was in English. But uh, praise God, they prayed to ask Jesus Christ in their heart. And she said, come into my life. Be my Messiah. Be my lamb. Be my substitute. Jesus Christ is the lamb of God. What a sweet soul winning experience. It was up around your way. It was in Alexandria, brother. And uh, we, had us, we had us a time, didn't we, sweetie? It was good. It was good. And I'm glad that um, we had that experience. Now, Jesus Christ had half-brothers and half-sisters. And James was one of them. Jude was another one. He wrote a book. It's in the very, toward the very end of the Bible, right before Revelation. We have the book of Jude, a little short book. But a little bit further in, we have the book of James. I hope everybody has found it by now. And uh, we're going to uh, share some scripture together from the book of James. So as we turn to the book of James and we read today, I want you to follow everybody. Look on as we look in chapter number one. Chapter number one. Now we're going to read through some verses and I'm going to kind of explain as we go. 
And uh, no, we don't stop for questions, but afterwards uh, we'll have a time to reflect on these, all right? James chapter 1, beginning at verse 17. The first word is every, so it includes all. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. So where does everything good and perfect come from? It comes from above, all right? And cometh down from the Father of light. So who's giving us every good and perfect gift? God the Father is with whom is no variableness, that means He doesn't change, neither shadow of turning. The book of Malachi says, I the Lord thy God change not. He doesn't change. Now that means that God is in character always the same. He in character is always the same. So His goodness, His greatness, His compassion is always going to be the same. And uh, He does not change. Uh, No variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of His own will begat He us with the word of truth. How does a person get born again? Jesus said to Nicodemus, a religious ruler of the Jews, He said, ye must be born again. How do you get to heaven? You get a second birth. You get into this world with the first birth. But if you're going to get into the next world, In the presence of God, you can only come one way by the new birth, being born again. You have to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you haven't done that, we have one of those saving times at the end here today, don't we, preacher? Amen. And folks, come to God through Christ. That's the only way. Not your good works, not my good works, not not behaving ourselves and doing rituals and joining the church. All those things are good in their place, but they don't save our soul or keep us saved. God does all the saving and keeping of us. Praise God for that. So of His own will begat He us with the word of truth. It's through the Bible. Now, I believe, hold it up. This is an old beat up Bible, but it's a precious book. I believe the Bible is the word of God. Say that if you believe it. I believe the Bible is the word of God. I believe there are no mistakes in it. I believe there are no mistakes in it. God helping me, God helping me, I'm going to try to obey it. I'm going to try to obey it. All right, so we are begotten, we're saved, we're made brand new. We we are given the new birth through the Word of God. It has to line up with the Word of God. It's true that we should be a kind of first fruits of His creatures. Now, first fruits have to do has to do with uh, being special to God. He's called us a peculiar people in what Peter wrote. We're we're called a, a, a a special group of kings and priests before God. God, God sets us aside. If ever you go shopping, now they, they have a run on the markets. If you go around to, to all the stores, you're going to find a shortage of a lot of stuff. Now we found a lot of produce. There was produce there. But uh, if you go in and you're looking for produce, and let's say you're looking at a particular kind of produce. Let's say it's melons, all right? And you're looking for the kind that you like. What do you do? How many melon thumpers have we got here? Raise your hands. Come on, melon thumpers. Now, you know the sound. It's, it's not something you can write up in a manual. It's something you have to be taught. Somebody will take you and they'll say, hear this right here? This is a good one. Hear this right here? Not good. This one's ready. This one's not. And so for, uh, so for the education that you get when you come to church, you ought to be grateful. I teach you how to be a melon thumper. But... Uh, when, when, you're, when you're picking out those, those items in the produce department, what do you do? What do you do? Now, some people immediately put them in their basket. The reason they put it in the basket is because they're selfish. They don't want anybody else to have. No, because that's the one they want. That's the one they want. Now, some people will put it aside. But when you do that, you've got to be quick. 
because somebody else might be reaching in, you know. And there are people in produce aisles who have developed the reach. Right? Watch out. There, every produce aisle has one. All right. So when you set them aside, that's your own specially chosen one. And much more than that, God looks down on us and He says, you're my very special chosen one. I'm going to set you in a special place. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to work through you. I'm going to make a change in your family, in your neighborhood through you. You're my specially chosen one. God didn't save us just to keep us out of hell. Yes, that is going to happen. But He saved us so that we can serve Him. We can be His own special ones. Amen. Wherefore, now whenever we come to the word wherefore or therefore, I've taught you this, when you find wherefore or therefore, you look and see what it's there for. That's right, you got it, what it's there for. Wherefore, based on that, my beloved brethren, let every man, that's every one of us, it doesn't just refer to males, it's referring to mankind, to people. So let all the people... Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Can you remember that? One, two, three. Here it is. Swift to hear. So we've got to hear first. Slow to speak, slow to wrath. Why is that? Because we're all wired with that propensity to speak out before we should. To get mad and angry before we should. Think it through. Let God have control. For the wrath of man, that's carnal, you see. The wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. How many of you have ever said, look at me guys, look at me. How many of you ever said, that guy did me wrong, I'm going to get even with him. Come on, raise your hands. Come on, come on, I'm going to get even with him. Yeah, I'm going to show him. I'm going to show him. There's a bumper sticker that says, I don't get mad, I just get even. The unfortunate thing is, it leads to a lot of bad results. Now here's what the Bible is teaching us. That the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. The Bible never says that we should be somebody's doormat. But the Bible does tell us there's a right way to live. And as believers, we need to be dependent upon the Holy Spirit. Now if, if you are one of those guys that's used to standing up, or one of those gals that's used to standing up, we need to put it under the control of the Holy Spirit. Are you listening to me? Otherwise, how many of you have ever spoken out and got yourself in trouble? Raise your hands. Oh, my, yes. Wish you could take it back, don't you? But you can't. You can't. All right. So then it says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, big words, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. So don't let your impulses run away. Don't let your flesh run away with control of your life. You'll ruin your life. You'll make a mistake. Brother Ed can tell you about one prison cell after another that's filled up with guys that wish they could take it back. They did something in a, in a moment that they wish they hadn't done and for the rest of their life, and it may be a short period of time until they have to pay the ultimate price. So we want to lay apart. We have a choice to make. Filthiness, superfluity of naughtiness, receive with meekness the engrafted word. Meekness, look at me. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is strength under control. Come on now, amen? Strength under control, under the control of the Holy Spirit. When I got saved, 
I got all of the Holy Spirit. Now, He didn't necessarily get all of me or all of you, but I got all of the Holy Spirit. I've got within me the third person of the Trinity, God Himself. When I asked Jesus in my heart and life, it was the person of the Holy Spirit who comes in. And now, day by day, I've got to yield to Him. I've got to surrender to Him. I've got to say, Holy Spirit, take control of my life. Be not drunk with wine when it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. The fullness of the Holy Spirit is the control, the leadership of the Holy Spirit over every area of our life. If I want to be a decent husband, I've got to be controlled by the Holy Spirit of God. If I want to be a decent pastor, I've got to be controlled by the Spirit of God. If I want to be a decent friend, I've got to be controlled by the Spirit of God. If I want to be a decent worker in this world, I've got to be controlled by the Spirit of God. Failure to be controlled by the Spirit of God will lead to our falling, to our stumbling, to our being ineffectual. One of my mentors preached a message about the grave sin of not being filled with and controlled by the Holy Spirit. And he said some folks today were in the nursery. And he had a big, huge church and big, huge nursery. So I'm not talking about anybody here, but he wasn't talking about anybody in particular. He said there, undoubtedly in a nursery that size, there was some worker that was committing grave sin. You know what that grave sin was? Coming to work with those little babies and change those diapers and love on those babies without being filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit when we drive a bus. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit when, we, when we're back there in the foyer. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit when we receive the offering as ushers. We need to be filled with the Spirit when we're working on the sound, when we're singing in the choir, when we're playing the instruments, when we're preaching the Word. And it is possible for people to try to serve God, but not effectively and not successfully without being filled with the Spirit of God. Amen. Be filled with the Spirit. All right. And then it says this, But be ye doers of the Word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the Word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding a natural face in a glass. You see those cute kids on the front of your bulletin? My wife picked those out. Those are some of the cutest pictures. All right, that's you a hundred years ago. That's you, the way you used to look, you know. And we said, man, I was a cute baby. I sure was. I used to do that. Remember when your little ones used to do that? You used to look in the mirror. Isn't that something? Looking in the mirror. But it's possible to look in the mirror and forget what you look like. For he beholdeth himself, verse 24, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. That's what it's like to be a hearer without being a doer of the word. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. The way to keep ahead of this, and to serve the Lord successfully, to be filled with the Spirit, and to serve the Lord with the fullness of the Holy Spirit is to stay in the Word, stay in the Word, stay in the Word. If any man among you seem, seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. So this is speaking of the outworking, the outliving of that fullness of the Spirit, the control of the Holy Spirit in our life, being in the Word of God. So that's it. Be in the Word. Be filled with the Spirit. Be in the Word. Be filled with the Spirit. Yield to God. Allow God to lead us. Don't give in to your impulses. Don't give in to the wrath of man. Don't give in to, boy, I'm going to get even. Don't give in to that. Instead, be led 
of the Spirit. Turn over to chapter 4. Chapter 4. Lest anybody say, well, I can take it or leave it. No, you can't. James chapter 4 and verse 17. Child of God, listen to me. Therefore, look what it's there for. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is what? Sin. It is sin. If we know to do right and don't do it, it's sin. Let's pray. Father, fill me now with the Holy Spirit. Help me as we bring this message today in Jesus' name. Amen. As I was growing up, I had good, good principles uh, given me by my parents. My dad used to always tell me about any task, any assignment. Son, follow through. Son, follow through. Now, I don't know how many of you were told that. How many of you were told that? And yet, how many of you have in the evidence of your basement or your storage area something that you started that you didn't finish through? Maybe some model airplane, guys. Or, or maybe it was a coin collection or a stamp collection or some artistic thing that you started and you didn't finish it. Anybody ever start not finish? Come on, I got my hand up. Yes. Yeah. We need to learn to follow through. In the passage of Scripture that we have read, we have a case of somebody who hears. Now, it's possible to sit in an assembly like this and have the sound running past your ears. And somewhere in the, the, the sound waves, you know, they may actually penetrate and go into the inner ear, but it doesn't go any further than that. Hearing is more than just being present when the words are being said. Anybody who's ever parented anybody and you gave instruction, you say, now you got that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they go off and they haven't got it, have they? They haven't got it. Miss it, totally miss it. You've got to say it again. If you've got workers that don't listen, you work with people and they get instructions and they're going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. People have learned how to sleep and take a nap with their eyes open while they're being given instructions and orientation on the job. That has actually happened. But there are some folks who go beyond that. They actually hear. They take it in. They might even consider it and say, that's good advice. That's good leadership. That's good instruction. They take it in. They're hearers. They're hearers. But what does it take? There is a step beyond that. Beyond hearing. Beyond taking it in. Beyond saying, hmm, that's good advice. That's good. That's right. That's correct. There is the important step that must be taken to do what you know is right. I'm not saying that man has the capability of operating apart from the grace of God. The grace of God enables us to take the step beyond hearing and considering what's right and actually doing what's right. We've all heard how important it is to read the Bible or read the Bible through. I'm not going to ask you how many of you have started and quit. Started or maybe never started. Maybe walked down an aisle, shed tears. I'm going to read my Bible. Never, never got into it. I'm going to keep a prayer journal. It never started. Come on now. Come on. I'm talking about what goes after you hear it and you decide that's good and maybe even shed a few tears of conviction and you actually even say some things. I've had people say, I'm going to be back at church next week. They come back after a long time. I'm going to be back at church. I'm going to be back at church. Don't see them for six months until they get in trouble again. Now, I'm not criticizing them. I'm saying they didn't appropriate the grace of God to take the next step. I'm not saying it's works. I'm not saying it's man's effort. I'm saying you've got the grace of God available to you. You've heard what's right. You've heard what is truth. Now, appropriate the grace. Take the next step. Be in church. 
Give your tithes. Serve God. Be separated from sin. Those things you know to be true. Him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is what? Sin. And we know that sin, my sin and yours, crucified our Savior, Jesus Christ. Hey, that preacher is telling you the truth, isn't he? Come on now. Preacher's telling the truth today. That's it. When in eternity everything is unveiled, everything is revealed, the great failure of the last 20 centuries has been the failure of Christians who are put together, wired just like you and just like me, who hear and know better and yet fail to follow through. They fail to serve in a thorough manner. They fail to finish what they start. They finish perhaps not well, but they don't do what God has assigned us to do, what God has given us to do. And you got to stop and think for just a moment. Why is that? Why is that? I'll tell you, because there is a terrible world system. There is our own flesh, and there is the devil and all the demons of hell conspiring against your spiritual success. You and I are a work in progress. We are not finished yet. God's still working on you, and God's still working on me. And because of that, the devil is studying you and studying me all the time. He is watching you and He is watching me to look for an area of entrance. And that area of entrance may be in the mind. It may be in the emotions. It may be in some other uh, area of our life, some other venue of our life. But the devil is watching you and looking for the place where he can slip in and he can offer temptation. And the devil will say, you don't have to do this. You don't have to finish well. You don't have to finish. You don't even have to start. Why, you've got good intentions. Why, why, let me give you a standing ovation for having good intentions. And That's what the world, the flesh, and the devil does to us. It is hard to find help at all but to find good help, to find people that are willing to say, let's join arms, let's be one, let's cooperate, let's work together, let's not fuss with each other, let's not try to change everything about each other, but let's serve God together according to the Word of God. Let's be filled with the Spirit and led of the Spirit of God, and let's appropriate the grace of God, and we've heard it, now let's take that step, and let's go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Praise the Lord, today we started a new route, ran a van. Thank you, Gabe. Thank you, those that came on the van and ran it down to Stafford. That's going to grow. We're going to fill it up. And we have other buses out here, and we're getting them all repaired, and we need to serve the Lord and fill them up. Why? Because every seat represents an opportunity to bring a soul to God. Amen. We have chairs, and I thank God that Mike and Sarah this week went over all the chairs upstairs with disinfectant and made sure that any viruses, anything that might be up there, were wiped out. And praise God, they didn't have a chance against Mike and Sarah up there cleaning everything off. People went around the building, and I, was, I went around, and this week I was praying and spraying as I was going. Praying and spraying. Didn't have a chance against us. Now, I'm not minimizing it, but I'm telling you, everybody's got a job to do. Everybody's got something they can do for the Lord. And whatever it is, when we hear it 
and the Lord speaks to our heart. He's saying to you guys, He's saying to you gals, He's saying to you adults that are here today, there's a job for you. There's a place in my harvest for you. You can serve me. There's something you can do and I'm going to help you. And you hear it and you get convicted and you shed the tears and you come forward and you fill out the card and then the devil says, that was good intentions. You can say, get thee behind me, Satan. Get thee behind me, Satan. I am by the grace of God going to take the next step. And by the grace of God, I am going to follow through. Dad always said, follow through. Follow through. Don't just hear it, but do it. Do it. A doer of the work is not a hearer only, but you got to start there. But don't stop short. Don't stop short. I have, in my experience as a believer, failed at probably everything that I have attempted until I learned this principle. That it's not something that I just do casually, but it's something that I consider to be serious. If God lays it on my heart, through the Word of God, through the preaching, through the teaching of the Word of God, through the witness of the Holy Spirit, then it's not a small thing. And there may be some people here today that said it was just a small thing. It was just helping out in a class or helping out on a bus or it was just, you know, helping out as an usher or it was just singing in the choir whenever I felt like it or, or it was just, you know, whatever. Uh, and it was a small thing. It's not a small thing to God. It's not a small thing to the devil. If it were a small thing to the devil, he'd say, hey, they don't need me to quit this. They'll just quit it on their own. But the devil will tell you it's a good intention and you're not going to be held responsible. Anybody ever read the book of Ecclesiastes? Now, I know it was written by old Solomon. He'd seen it all, done it all, felt it all, experienced it all, but he'd been down life's road. And Solomon, the book of Ecclesiastes, said, if you're not going to keep that vow, don't make it. And he's right. You know why? Under the sun, this is without even talking about in eternity. Under the sun, that's going to come back. There's the law of sowing and reaping. There is what you and I are going to experience in our own life if we don't follow through. You're going to have somebody else not going to follow through in a time that's a time of desperate need for you. God's not doing this to you. This is the law of sowing and reaping. It's a universal law. You know, that works for tall people, short people, thin people, fat people, you know, people of all ages and descriptions. The law of sowing and reaping works for everybody. You plant tomatoes, tomatoes come up. You plant corn, corn comes up. You plant beans, beans comes up. That's the law of sowing and reaping. How many of you believe that? Amen. Yes, absolutely. So somebody says, I'm going to make a vow. I'm going to tithe. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to work on a route. I'm going to do this. And then you don't. There's the law of sowing and reaping. It's going to come back. It's going to bite you later on. Not to mention in eternity. When we stand before the Lord someday, 
And there are going to be those that are going to have rewards and they're going to cast crowns at Jesus' feet and there are going to be some that will have nothing to show for it. That's biblical. That's truth. It all has to do with following through. We need to follow through. Now, I talked about appropriating the grace of God, that last step, appropriating the grace of God. How about your heart? I didn't say anything about that, did I? See, way back yonder, when you came down the aisle and you shed the tears and you filled out the card and you said, I'm going to read my Bible, I'm going to pray, I'm going to go soul winning, I'm going to go to church, whatever it was that you said that you promised God under the white-hot preaching and the conviction of the Holy Spirit, you came down and you filled that out. Now, it might have been you were a hearer, but not a doer. You never appropriate the grace of God. Now, time passes, and here's the danger. You know what happens when you hear, and you hear, and you hear, and you hear? Here's the danger. You're listening to me preach, and you've heard me preach what? hundred times? Five hundred times? thousand times? Some of you heard me preach. And there is a sclerotic hardening that takes place. That's why very soon when the Lord convicts us, while we have that conviction right now, while you're listening to the preaching and the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart right now, this is revival time. I don't care that, that a lot of people are not filling up this place today. I'm, what I care about is that the Spirit of God is filling this preaching and speaking to hearts right now. You say, I want to take that step of grace, but how about your heart? What's going on in your heart? You say, oh, my heart's hard. How many people have told us over the years that they were called of God to do such and so? God had spoken to their heart, but now they had hardened themselves. They'd gotten hard to it. I'm glad that God the Holy Spirit can melt that away. Right now, right now you say, oh, I want to get back where I was. I want to get back where I was a hearer before I didn't become a doer by grace, but I want to be a doer of the work. I want to be blessed by God. I want to be able to cast crowns at Jesus' feet. And God's working on your heart, and He's melting away the coldness and the hardness of it right now, isn't He? You don't want your family to die without Jesus Christ. But you know what? When we're living with a hard heart, it's just like we're saying, I know you wouldn't ever say this. I know you never say it out loud. It's just like you're saying to your lost loved ones, oh, just go on to hell. Just go on to hell. Just go on and burn for all eternity. I don't want my loved ones to burn. You don't want your loved ones in hell. If I could bring you past an open manhole cover, if by some, by some miracle we could look down into the flames of hell and see your family and friends there, you wouldn't want them to go there. But the hardness of our heart keeps us from responding and causes us to say things the devil would like us to say. Oh, that was then. This is now. I've heard all this preaching. I've been down that road. Oh, I've heard so many invitation hymns. I've sung just as I am till I'm blue in the face. I know all the words of all the verses of just as I am because that preacher doesn't let it go with one verse. He keeps it going and keeps it going. I know all the words. I've heard it and I'm saying, I wish this service was over. I wish this invitation was, was uh, finished. I wish I was let out of the service. That's because of the hardness and the coldness of our heart. We need the Spirit of God to melt through that right now. That's it. 
That's it. We need to follow through. Right now, as we look into the perfect law of liberty, we look into the Bible, it tells us that we won't always have the feeling that we have right now, the conviction that we have right now. We won't always have that tenderness right now. But the engrafted word, when it finds a place, they'll be preaching and some preacher will stand up and he'll preach the word and you'll say, that's it. And right now, you're saying inside, that's it. What the preacher is saying is, that's it. I need to respond. There was a time when I walked the aisle, when I filled out the card, or when I made the decision, when I shed the tears, but then I didn't take the step by God's grace to actually be a doer, and so I become hard and cold, and now I don't want to serve God, and now I don't want to read my Bible, but now the preacher is preaching, and guess what? Because I did some reading in the Word of God, because the preacher preached from this inspired and preserved book, well now the engrafted Word is there. It's doing its work. Guess what? I want to come down the aisle. Guess what? I want to get right with God. Guess what? I want to start over again. Guess what? I want to live for Jesus. Don't you? You do, don't you? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. How many of you today would say, Preacher, Spirit of God's working in my heart right now. Slip your hand up high. Come on. Come on. He's working in my heart right now. Working in my heart right now. I want to do right. I want to live right. I want to respond right. Amen. Amen. In just a moment, when I give this invitation, you come. Now you come dry-eyed or you come in tears, but you come on down here and find a place. And when you come, you say, Lord, I'm back where I was on my knees. I'm back here sitting on the front. I'm praying to you, Lord. I'm, I'm surrendering all. I'm giving my all to you, Lord. I'm coming just as I am. And I want to be right with you, Lord. I want to be back there again. And then the Lord says, my grace is sufficient. Now take the next step and be a doer with the right heart. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. There may be somebody here today that doesn't know for sure that heaven is your home. Listen to me, young and old alike. If you are not 100% positive that heaven is your home, the Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I want to invite you right now to call on the name of the Lord. Young person, adult, whoever you are, Pray right now from your heart to God and ask Jesus Christ to save you from your sins. He'll save you from your past, your present, and future sins and make you a new person from the inside out. Here's what you pray. Pray this silently to God. Dear God, just pray silently. Dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I'm a sinner. I deserve to pay for my sins. I deserve to pay for my sins. I believe Jesus died to save me. I believe Jesus died to save me. Right now, I receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart. Right now, I receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart as my personal Savior, as my personal Savior. Please take away my sins. Please take away my sins and take me to heaven when I die and take me to heaven when I die. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, Slip your hand up so I can see it right now. Come on. Put your hand up. Come on. Be man enough or woman enough to do that. I prayed that prayer and I meant it. God bless you. Let's stand to our feet with our heads bowed, our eyes closed.